Please listen carefully. Psych Essentials is a show about learning psychiatry. It's fun and educational, but should not be taken as medical advice or opinion. So kick back and try not to worry about those glaring ego deficits. We like you anyway. Hey, James. Welcome back to another episode of Psych Essentials. We are talking about personality disorders. In the last episode, we talked about all the different personality disorders, and now we're going to break them down cluster by cluster. And we're going to give some tips about how to interact more effectively with people with different personality disorders. Awesome. Hey, what type of granola did you bring today? I brought grape nuts. Oh, interesting choice. All right. Uh, Are we calling that a granola these days? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, great. Or grape. (laughs) Bad pun, bad pun. Okay, so we're talking about cluster A, or the first group of personality disorders. Can you remind us what three personality disorders fall in this group? We have paranoid, schizoid, and schizotypal. Okay, and again, last time we broke out some of the differences between those, so we're not going to do that today. We are going to talk about some general characteristics that you might notice. People with cluster A personality disorders tend to be more uncomfortable in relationships, and and a doctor-patient relationship is certainly a relationship. So they might look uncomfortable or, or have some odd behaviors. Sometimes people can seem kind of suspicious, like they don't trust you necessarily. On the other end, they do tend to be pretty good observers. Like they really like to evaluate data and think about it even though the way that they're evaluating the data or the types of data that they're evaluating might not be the ones you are. Mm-hmm. Folks with cluster personality disorders can come to develop closeness over time. Right, yeah. Especially with people that they trust. Definitely. So if these are general characteristics, how do you see them coming out in clinical or medical settings? Right, so the same features that we just described really do come out in medical settings too. You'll notice that a patient with a cluster A personality disorder might seem odd or or not engaged or maybe not super interested in talking to you or or they might even come off as not very appreciative. You may try just being friendly like you would with any other person and it it may not necessarily work, might not necessarily help you develop better rapport. And as you start experiencing that, that could be a clue to you that, huh, maybe something's going on here if what you're usually doing isn't going across the same way. Yeah, exactly. Let's break down some of the characteristics and talk about how you might intervene. I do want to shout out to an article from the AAFP journal. That's the American Academy of Family Physicians. who did a really nice job looking at the prominent features of personality disorders, how people experience their illness, and then how some of that experience leads to problematic behaviors in medical settings. And then I think was a useful addition is then how you might manage that as the doctor in this situation. So we'll have a link to the full article on that website. And one thing that reminds me is that this is important in any field, primary care, psychiatry, anything. Yeah, it's important because you'll see patients with personality disorders in essentially every field of medicine. They, they don't just come to us in psychiatry. Mm-hmm. But in the meanwhile... We got our hands on a live, real, totally fictional audio tape of an interaction between a doctor and a patient. Not a spoiler, the patient has a cluster A personality disorder. And so the goal here isn't really to figure out which disorder they have, 
but listen to see where the doctor slips up and think about what you might have said instead. All right, should we get into it? Yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Roll the tape. Hi, I'm Dr. Lindsay. It's so nice to see you again. I'm going in for a hug because I'm a hugger. Uh, hi. Uh, Don't be overly friendly. It's going to come across as overwhelming and scary. Patients are going to withdraw. Instead, uh, try to be professional but polite. Lower your voice. Speak calmly. Don't go in for hugs. I don't usually handshake. Let's rewind the tape. Hi, I'm Dr. Lindsay. Good morning. I'm here to talk to you this morning about what's bothering you. Hello. So that time you sat down, which is less intimidating. You chose a chair that's slightly further away. How are you doing? I'm okay. What's wrong? Is something bothering you? Is there someone at home that's bothering you? We need to figure this out. Two mistakes. One, patients may be neutral. This doesn't mean that something's wrong or that they're mad at you. Just accept their answers and you can follow up if you need to. Number two, it was a little too over-involved. So patients are really sensitive to interpersonal issues and, and they can get kind of anxious or worried about involving other people. So more neutrality, stay a little bit more neutral. Let's rewind. I'm okay. Okay. How is your mood today? Great. Asking clear, direct questions. Fine. I saw you three weeks ago. How has your body been feeling since then? Okay. I'm shaky sometimes. Hmm. Are you eating or drinking anything? Not really. Hmm. We need to get some blood tests. No. What? Yeah, we need to do that. We need blood tests. Your lithium level could be high. It's not. How do you know that? I'm not doing that. You can't make me. But you need to. Are you even taking the lithium? Okay, we've got some issues. We have conflict. We have an argument. We have disagreement about the patient's illness. This is where we need clear explanation. So be direct and explain your logic. Think sort of out loud about what you're talking about. Let's rewind. Are you eating or drinking anything? Not really. Hmm. You know, you are on lithium, and one thing that can happen when you don't drink much is that the level of lithium can be high, which makes people feel shaky sometimes. We could test this by doing a blood test. No, I don't want that. Do you have concerns about that? Well, the last time the person who put the needle in my arm, um, they messed my arm up, um, and I think she was trying to kill me. Well, I don't think she was trying to hurt you. Okay, this is a small point, but here, the patient was confiding in doctor, and and so in this case, I wouldn't really try and confront or outright deny their beliefs, even if they seem kind of paranoid to you. They're, they're really worried, and they're feeling kind of vulnerable by being open here. You know, I'm sorry. That sounds really painful. I know it can hurt to get a blood test. Our staff tries to be really careful. In this case, it's important because high lithium levels can be bad for your kidneys. That happened once before, remember? Great. I like that you remember something about the patient and you were neutral and explained that you were worried. Yes. You know, it may pinch a little, but would it be okay to get a blood test? It's important. Okay. Thank you. You can wait in the waiting room for the result. Uh, it's crowded. There are spores there. Spores? Crowded? There's two people. So in this case, one thing that you might think about is in general, 
places that are quieter, places that have fewer interactions. And again, this kind of comes back to challenging beliefs. So let's just roll with it. It's too crowded. There's spores there. We have an empty office room like this room. Would it be better to wait in the waiting room or in this room? Um, in this room. Can you tell me more about the spores? Excellent. Nicely done. Whew, that was a bunch. What are some of the things that you take away from that? One of my takeaways is that these patients are pretty challenging. You know, they are pretty nervous. They avoid seeking care. They may have odd beliefs, and they can sometimes be argumentative or, or disagree with the doctor. And then they may not seem very appreciative after all the hard work that you put in. So I think just recognizing, like, yeah, these patients are hard, and that's okay. Yeah, totally. And if you're starting to feel like, oh, like, why am I doing all this stuff and, and not feeling appreciated, that some of this could be just a result of their personality. That's just part of the pathology that you're seeing. Definitely. And then I guess one other thing is that, you know, this is just one example of how to interact with someone. It's not necessarily the right way. It's not even the only way. There are tons of effective ways that you can interact with patients with personality disorders. Totally. And, you know, in the example, the doctor Me. <laughs> tried. And I think that you did a really admirable job. And even so, wasn't perfect. None of us are perfect. You yep. tried your best. You took a few tries. I think in general, like, we'll mess up. We'll make mistakes. I think that is actually a really important point. Like, no matter how prepared you are, there are there will be times where you mess up. And it's it's okay. We don't have to be perfect. Absolutely. It's totally okay. I think acknowledging your mistakes and trying to understand where they're coming from. Like, why why am I kind of getting into this pattern with this patient? Yeah, super important. I think, too, hearing about how they interact with you, like hearing some things they're saying to you, might actually help you get a sense of how they're interacting with other people in their lives. It might give you some perspective. Mm -hmm. And it could also facilitate more empathy for the patient and their situation. Totally, because as difficult as some of these can be for people these people really need our care truth people with this group of personality disorders have some of the most limited quality of life and some of the most significant medical problems and they tend not to seek out medical care right so when interacting with patients who have cluster a personality disorders i think there are some key things to keep in mind be professional be clear and transparent Definitely avoid direct challenges to their belief systems. It often isn't very helpful. And also try to tolerate some odd beliefs. It's really like learning how to stretch your brain. And we could all use some of that. Definitely. Well, thank you for tuning in. And thanks to our guest. Join us next time for Cluster B Personality Disorders. In the meanwhile, you can check out our website, leave us a review, and let us know what you'd like to hear more about in the future. Our website is www.psychessentials.org You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. We're at Psych Essentials. Check us out on iTunes where you can rate, comment, and share. Our music is by Javier Suarez off his album Tumbling Dishes. There's always a link on our website. People, places, and details were fictionalized to protect confidentiality. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye.